I've chosen in connection with the ordination of office bearers this afternoon, I've chosen as a text the first verse and uh, verse 13 of 1 Timothy 3. I'll read those verses again, verse 1 and verse 13. First of all, verse 1, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. And then verse 13, for those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon we have uh, three brothers before us here, before the congregation, who are about to take office, vow of office. And then, of course, we also have three brothers who have completed their, their terms of office. An occasion like the ordination of this afternoon can mean some uh, pretty contrasting feelings, possibly. The brothers retiring from office might be thinking, wow, I'm, I'm glad my, my uh, term in office is done. Now I can relax and spend more time with family, catch up on the things that need to be done around the house. They maybe feel like, uh, even feel like a weight has been lifted from them. On the other hand, the incoming brothers, uh, the brothers who are going about to make the vow of, uh, to office, they might feel a weight descending on them. Being in office can take a lot from a brother, require a lot from a brother as well as his wife and and his family. And then there's a, there's a question of whether you're going to be capable enough to do what is going to be asked of you um, in your uh, term of office. Who knows? It's not always going to be easy to figure out what has to be said or what needs to be done in various cases. And none of this is new. The Apostle Paul knew about the weight of the office, and that's why he wrote his uh, pastoral letters too. He wrote those letters to guide and encourage Timothy and Titus to uh, encourage them in their difficult tasks as the, as the first office bearers after the apostles. And we can learn from what the apostle writes to those uh, early New Testament office bearers and their work and the instructions he gives them. And I, I preach to you the word of God then with this theme, the apostle Paul encourages the office bearers to faithful service. And we see that he does that by pointing out, first of all, the beauty of their work. And that's the, the first verse of 1 Timothy 3, the beauty of their work. And then secondly, he points out the blessing on their work. And that's uh, verse 13. So first of all, the beauty of their work. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, the text says, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. You hear that and, and you wonder, is the apostle really being realistic here? Are, are there really people who desire to be an overseer or an elder? Is it really such a desirable office? Is it so desirable to be in office? Because the office 
is going to require an awful lot of you. You have to get involved in a lot of things you otherwise would not have to deal with or worry about. It's an office that is going to demand time and energy from you. And, and it doesn't seem sometimes as if you're getting a lot back from that. Who would really desire an office that is going to take, take, and take? How often do you come across brothers who've set their hearts on becoming office bearers? Are there, are there a lot here who set their heart on that, who desire that position? I think you'd be more likely to come across brothers who would rather not be in office. Besides, if somebody went around telling people, uh, I desire to be a bishop, I think everybody would figure he thinks too, way too much of himself. A little bit more humility would be a good thing. And still, congregation, the apostle does not condemn desiring the position of bishop or overseer. On the contrary, he praises the desire. He says in the text that he desires a good work. Who desires that? A good work. A noble task, as the English Standard Version has it. And that makes you wonder if the apostle is not a bit naive here. Didn't he realize that selfish ambition and pride can so easily creep in too? Of course he did. Look what he says later on one in verse 6 of this chapter. Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. He knows about pride. So how does the Apostle Paul come to speak so positively about someone who desires to become a bishop or elder or just office bearer? Well, to understand that, we have to think about what such a man actually does desire here. He doesn't set his heart on the status of the office. But he sets his heart on the work of the office. He desires a good work. He wants to do good works in this office. It's not about receiving a high position, but receiving glorious work. That's what this is about. So Paul is not describing a man who desires a position by itself, but one who desires the work, the good work of a bishop or an office bearer in general. And that's why the apostle speaks about it being a good work. Because what is the work of an elder? Well, he's something like a shepherd. A shepherd who looks after the sheep, who feeds, guards, cares for Christ's sheep. That's what the word bishop actually means. It's always used in the context of the church in the Bible as the flock of the Lord. The picture is that of a shepherd taking care of sheep. In Acts 20, we're told the Apostle Paul called the elders of the church of Ephesus to himself in Troas. He figured he would not see them again. He told them, I won't see your face again. But he left them with the words of verse 28, and he says there, therefore, take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd 
the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Similar word there. 1 Peter 5, the apostle Peter writes, the elders who are among you I exhort, I whom a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly. So elders as such are supposed to care for and watch over the church of Christ like shepherds looking after uh, sheep, taking care of, of sheep, a wandering or sick sheep, feeding the sheep, herding them, keeping them in the pasture. In their work then, they're subject to the ascended Lord Jesus Christ who is the chief shepherd. So they work for the, the good shepherd we sang about in Psalm 23. They're his, his under-shepherds. An overseer, a supervisor, or under-shepherd is not the owner of the sheep. He's not the boss. He's an employee too. But then one who oversees others and is, in that is responsible to the chief. So with the overseers in the church too, the elders are not the masters themselves and the congregation doesn't belong to them. They're servants of Christ, under shepherds of Christ who is the owner and the chief shepherd. They're responsible to him for the care of his flock. As it says in Hebrews 13 verse 17, the office bearers keep watch over the congregation as men who have to give account. They have to give account to Christ. So they work directly for Christ, the glorious Savior, the shepherd of the flock, who gave his life for his sheep. So for men who love Christ, the work of being an office bearer is not a burden, but something to be desired. It's a privilege, a privilege. It's not an easy job to care for the flock of Christ. It's not easy to figure out how to empathize with every church member and to give comfort when that's needed or admonition when necessary. The task of elder as well as of a deacon is a, is a charge which a new office bearer might approach with a fair bit of trepidation. And nevertheless, it's a good work, according to the text, a good work because in this work you serve your glorious Savior more directly than in any other kind of task. You stand in his direct service in his flock, which he bought with his blood. And that, in turn, means that when you comfort or when you admonish or when you encourage, when you show mercy, then you don't come there in your own name, Joe so-and-so, but you, you come in the name of your Savior. You represent him. You come there then with his directives, his word. And that's a beautiful thing in itself too because that means you don't have to think of something new every time out of yourself. You're not left over to yourself when you try to figure out how to help this person or encourage that one or to correct this one, what to say and so on. No, that's the beauty of office. You have in hand the true and trustworthy and powerful word of your master to bring to work with. And when you come with that word, that word in itself 
always has something solid to offer and to say. It's a word of power. This is not the uncertain words of men, things that you have to think of yourself. This is the true, solid, and eternal word of your Lord in heaven. And it carries weight and power. And you know, congregation, this is what the first part of verse 1 could be pointing to also. The, our translation has here, this, this is a faithful saying. You could just as easily translate here, faithful is this word. Faithful is the word. And then it doesn't even refer to some kind of general saying or, or something like that, but to the gospel. This is a faithful word. Whatever the case, the task of the elders and also the deacons is not to come with their own thoughts and opinions and ideas as such, but with the word and truth of their master, the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, the word he gave. You can bring that there. And that word is faithful and trustworthy and effective in a world full of ever-changing theories and philosophies and ideologies, overseers can come with the eternal truth of the word. In a world full of uncertainties, the office bearers can come with the certainty of God's revelation. And that word, as I mentioned, is effective. It either brings to rejection or acceptance and humility. In this so-called postmodern world in which it is said that there's no absolute truth anymore, every, each to his own, overseers can point people to the tried, tested, and true word of God, which never has let anyone down. And see, that's what makes the task of being an office bearer in Christ church a beautiful task, a beautiful one, one that's desirable. Elders and deacons have something to work with, something solid, trustworthy, something powerful to work with. And then they also have to be busy with that word themselves, know that word. And they have something sure and effective to fulfill their responsibility toward their master. He gives them the tools that they need in order to shepherd his flock and to feed them. And when they go and make home visits or to comfort or to admonish or give assistance, then they, they have solid ground under their feet. And with that word, they can point wandering covenant children toward the way of life again. With that word, they can offer deep and lasting comfort to those who, who mourn. With that word, they can instruct those who are ignorant and correct those who are confused. With that word, in other words, they have all they need to Feed and watch over the flock of God. And that's the beauty of the work of the office bearers. Not that they have certain high position, honorable position in the church, but that they have a good work before them to bring the word of their master, which is the power to salvation to everyone who believes it. So yes, the task of deacons is different from that of elders. They don't have the specific task to oversee to instruct and admonish. Nevertheless, deacons also have the task to come with comfort and correction. And they don't have to think that that's all up to themselves either. They've been given the word of their master for that. The thing is, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the office bearers of the church here have been given a good work to do. 
Also these new office bearers, the ones who are about to be ordained. It's, and it's good work because they have the, the beautiful task to bring the, the mighty and saving word of their master to his flock, to keep and feed his flock, the people he purchased with his blood. And congregation, respect these men for their work then, especially because of the word they bring, the word which keeps our hearts for our Savior, the Savior who died, rose again for us, and wants to hold us close to his heart. And he does that via their work. They're not perfect, but via their work, he wants to hold you to his flock and to his heart. We come to the second point. The apostle encourages office bearers also by pointing to the blessing on their work. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls belonging to the Lord, the Apostle Paul mentions the, the blessing or the reward of the work of office bearers in verse 13. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So the apostle mentions that blessing in connection with the work of the deacons because he spoke in the previous verses about the requirements for elders first and then deacons as well as their wives. And at the end of the section about the deacons, he mentions that blessing that comes with those who have served well in office. But we can take this as a statement of blessing pronounced on both elders and deacons. They, they gain good standing among others and receive great boldness or assurance, we could say, in the faith. Those blessings, of course, they don't come automatically. Paul speaks specifically about those who have served well. Those who have served well. So this blessing doesn't just come automatically because of the position or title in itself. They can lose their good standing or have their faith undermined if they do not serve well, if they're not faithful to their master, don't fulfill their responsibility to the best of their ability for him. No, Paul is referring to office bearers who have served well, blessed with excellent standing and great assurance in faith. As far as the first blessing, good standing is concerned, those who only seek themselves in office are not going to gain a good standing. They will not gain in respect. Only those who seek after the honor of and the love for the chief shepherd by looking after his flock well, they will gain in honor and respect before man and God. Without actually looking for it, they gain in that respect and standing among others. Be honored on account of their work for Christ, as the apostle says elsewhere. Sometimes office bearers may hold back because they're not that confident in themselves, maybe, or because they're somewhat afraid of someone of status in the congregation, someone who holds a lot of power, or there might be a tendency to only speak with and concern oneself with those you regard highly as, a, as, as an office bearer. You only go to those who, who you like, or it can be that an office bearer avoids someone he sort of dislikes. Everybody in the congregation is different. One visit is easier than another. Your own background and your own character, as well as the backgrounds and characters of the various members of the congregation, all play a role 
But the master tells his servants that they are to speak with and visit all without discrimination, without partiality. Not just those who are easy to talk to. Brothers, office bearers, don't let the fulfillment of your task and responsibility depend on how you are received. But tend all the sheep of the chief shepherd which he has entrusted to you. Tend them all. And just do what he wants you to do as faithful under-shepherds, bringing his word. It's about his word. It's not about you. It's about his word and his, his honor. And then you will be blessed with respect, with good standing among God's people. Could be, you know, you have to make a visit and you don't look forward to that visit at all. But when you do come and you open God's word, then you're there on behalf of Christ, and that word will do something. Always. Even if you don't think anything is happening, the Lord always works through his word. He works either faith or it will come to hardening. Believe that, and then just do your work faithfully on behalf of the chief shepherd. Deny your personal feelings and preferences. Just come there with the word as a servant of your master. Then even people you have difficulty with will in the end not be able to deny you did your best. You came there on behalf of your master. You served him well. And they will respect you for that. And then there's that second blessing. The apostle also mentioned the blessing of great boldness in the faith in Christ Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus. The word boldness can also be translated as assurance, is better translated as assurance, as uh, a lot of translations have it. Assurance of faith. The assurance of faith is a, is a wonderful blessing, you know. Sometimes you might think when you enter office that you have to give, give, give while in office, and you're not going to get much out of it yourself. But that's not true. As you do your work faithfully, brothers, as you encourage or comfort or even admonish others with God's word in hand, as you struggle with, with others in their difficulties and their sorrows, then your own faith is going to be strengthened more and more too. Your own faith and love as you struggle along with God's people who are given into your care, and as you make every effort to apply the word to their circumstances, you're going to be built up in your faith in Christ Jesus. Because you are going to try to apply that word to others, but then you realize it also is going to apply to you. So it can be difficult when you have to deal with the shortcomings and the woes of church members, and you think it would make you maybe skeptical or cynical about the faith in Christ because sometimes things don't change at all, nothing happens, or things change very slowly. But actually, skepticism only happens if the office bearer doesn't do his work faithfully, and especially if, if he leaves God's word closed. If you do your best to help with the word in hand, you will find your own faith in Christ strengthened through it. And that applies to all church members. Helping each other, 
with the word of God strengthens everybody, also the giver as well as the taker. You come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in his grace and appreciate his power more and more. You learn patience. You learn to leave things over to the Holy Spirit to work out. You're not going to try to do the Holy Spirit's work for him. You find your peace and joy in the gospel yourself more and more. And that's the the wonderful blessing which accrues to office bearers in their work. Brothers, office bearers, brothers who are going to be ordained here this afternoon, let the words of the text then stimulate you to good and faithful service in your respective offices. You receive a beautiful task, even if it, it sometimes can get very difficult. Your master sends you out with his trustworthy and, and powerful word. And when you open that word for those under your care, They're fed, cared for. That word is the rod and staff to keep them on the path, keeps them in the shadow of the valley of death, and he will bless your work with respect to his church, with great assurance in your faith in Jesus Christ. He will bless you with respect in the church and with great assurance. And congregation, be thankful for the office bearers that Christ gives to take care of you, body and soul. Congregation, respect them for their work and trust yourselves to them. Oh, you're going to find shortcomings and weaknesses in all the office bearers here. They're not perfect people, but that's the miracle that God wants his, his flock shepherded by imperfect people even. But they have the word. They bring with his perfect word. So don't focus on their persons or their personalities as such, but pay attention to the trustworthy word that he sends them with then through these men, with all their shortcomings too, the Good Shepherd will lead you into the green pastures of His grace and by the streams of His goodness. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word, which is the glorious truth in a world so under attack by the father of lies that word which is the power to salvation to everyone who believes it. Thank you for showing the beauty of office, namely being called to bring your word, that word, and work directly for the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. We all work for him and his kingdom in in the office of all believers, but office bearers have the, the special and beautiful task to look after those Christ bought with his blood. Help the brothers about to be ordained in that beautiful task and let them see the blessing that you have promised on their work then too. Keep them faithful and let them be respected and assured through the work that they perform. To serve you faithfully always, make stronger in the faith in Christ Jesus. But giving oversight and showing mercy as office bearers in particular carries that blessing. Let the brothers experience that. Thank you for the brothers who have also completed their terms in office. Let them experience that assurance too and and that regard afterwards also. Father, accept our thanksgiving. Hear our prayer, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd who loved his sheep so much, he gave his blood for them. Amen.
Congregation, let's sing in response to the proclamation of the word Psalm 107, stanzas 1, 2, and 